And we are live with episode 6 of SEC Tavern Talk. I am posting solo today because JB decided he wanted to go rogue and do a sideshow this week. So I am <laughs> I am joined by Nathan Hanson today. He's my one and only guest. Nathan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, sir. How about you? Doing well. Just ready for another week. This is, looks, looks to be an exciting week. I'm looking at uh, some potential upsets, but we'll get into that. <laughs> um, what's uh, what's your initial thought on this week without going into into uh, any games just yet? You know, I, I think it's probably the first real weekend we're getting to see the conference kind of really lay itself out um, SEC-wise. You know, we've had a lot of really good some good non-conference matchups a little bit of conference action but this is that real first um saturday in the southeastern conference that we're really going to get to see you know east versus west and west versus west and um you know really kind of get to see a good layout of what the the conference is about and how things kind of shake out you get a lot of great teams are in the top 25 how does that look you know four weeks in where do things stand and uh you know i think you some early races could kind of set some get some tone setters in the east and maybe in the west at the same time yeah i, I think i think early on we saw a lot of you know um, matchups that were not all blowouts but a lot of them were not true tests and and real big challenges that I think this is the first week we're going to really see a lot of teams get challenged and the, you know, a lot of people have questioned is Georgia's defense really that elite? You know, um, is, is is Kentucky really good enough to compete in the, in the East? You know, just things like that and I think the I think the big question is what the heck's going on with Florida? Are they really good, or are they was the Alabama game a fluke? Like, who's going to start a quarterback? <laughs> I think that's the biggest question in the East right now. Um, they're just so there's so many. I think they have the most questions of any team in the conference. Um, and so I mean, it'll it's I'm looking forward to it, but. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and recap. Um, Georgia played Vanderbilt. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I think they did. I, I think they played to Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt filled this squad is my understanding. There were some gentlemen in uniform with Vandy colors on. <laughs> Let's just say we scored more, twice as many touchdowns as they did for, had, as they had first downs. So <clears throat> it, it was not a pretty day for Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they had 77 total yards of offense. Uh, yeah. It was it was a massacre, and honestly, it should have been worse. But you know, I mean, when JT Daniels plays one quarter and then doesn't see the field the rest of the game, <laughs> it's like <clears throat> yeah. I... I mean, Georgia can only put out. I mean, you can only dress so many water boys at some point to where. <laughs> <laughs> you're starting to pull. You're starting to pull people out of the stands at that point. So, um, I guess, well, I guess, I guess, good on Vanderbilt for showing up if they did to a degree. I guess putting on the uniform. 
putting the SEC patch on. They showed up. So, <laughs> well, not going into games as yet, but just um, the fact that they are a two possession favorite. Is it two or three against UConn? How bad yeah. does UConn have to be to be an, uh, that bad of an underdog to Vanderbilt? Uh, yeah, I. we'll get into lines obviously a little bit but I saw that line come out and I'm like okay I haven't watched a lot on UConn I gotta go back and look and just see how deplorable this has got to (laughs) be for these two that that game without getting into it may set football back uh, to the 1950s if they will allow it type thing yeah so just for reference they got beat 45 to nothing by Fresno. They lost to Holy Cross. Who even knew they had a football team? By 10. By Purdue, who won nothing. By Army, who is a respectful team, 52 21. And then lost to Wyoming, 24 to 22. So they're 0 and 5. And just getting beat down by all but one team that they played. I, I, I just literally did not even know Holy Cross had a football team. Yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> sure that I'm sure that there's some very fine young men that suit up for Holy Cross, but I'm still going to say that that UConn, <laughs> I think UConn should still be able to beat them, but clearly not this year. Mm. It's definitely not UConn basketball. We'll just say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, LSU took an early lead and then almost blew it, but pulled out the win against Mississippi State 28-25. <coughs> um, Missouri embarrassed the league by losing to Boston College 41-34. to Boston College isn't that bad. I just expected them to win. <coughs> No, I, I was the same way considering that Boston College was down to a backup quarterback and basically just said, hey, all we can do is run the ball, and yet Missouri knew it was coming, everybody knew it was coming, and just still let it happen. Yeah, Missouri's one of those I never know how they're going to play. But uh, Auburn um, technically should have lost the game but won 34-24. They had that um, catch that wasn't a catch that gave them the lead. Um, everyone that saw that play review showed that that was definitely not a catch. But basically, <clears throat> nonetheless, embarrassing yeah, hey, conference. But listen, this, this this SEC crew is learning on the job. This is the same crew that called the Memphis and Mississippi State game from two weeks ago, so they're learning how what punt returns look like. Now they're learning what catches look like. I'm telling you, by the end of the season, this may be one of the best crews because I think they'll finally have football figured out by that point. They're not actually know how to call football game. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, Kentucky beat soccer 16-10. Alabama Apparently played Southern Miss, beat them 63-14. Tennessee thought they were actually going to play well, but still lost 38-14. That's more on Florida having a slow start than Tennessee actually playing well. Um, I will give Tennessee credit when they actually show me they deserve it. And Arkansas beat A&M, which I called that. 
I was not surprised by that. No, I, I, I don't think anybody who <clears throat> heading into that game with how Texas A&M this year has just not clicked on all cylinders on offense, that was going to be a problem because of how uh, – the best way that I can describe Arkansas's defense, it's a very violent defense. They get to the ball in a hurry, and uh, they had a freshman quarterback for A&M. And uh, I, I, was, I was a little surprised that Jimbo's play calling um, in that game didn't set up to his freshman quarterback as well. But, you know, it was still going to be a tall order. So, no, I, I, don't think, I don't think anyone who had watched A&M and Arkansas play uh, their first three games of the season were surprised surprised by that outcome. No, I mean, I, I think most of us last week picked Arkansas. Uh, I think Calvin didn't, but he's an A&M fan, so that made sense. And then I don't remember if one of the others picked a or not, but um, I mean, Arkansas is just they're, they're a good team this year. Um, but uh Yes, I wasn't surprised by that, especially, you know, by the way they manhandled Texas. And then, you know, they – I love the joke. Um, I don't remember where I saw it. Uh, somebody posted it in the tavern. Um, they were calling Texas West Arkansas. <laughs> I was like, like that's great. So I say owned in the state of Texas this year. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think that's, that's going to be an interesting matchup with them in Georgia, but we'll get into that later. Um, let's uh, – give me your thoughts on your boys this year, just uh, just in general, what, what you see, what you think, um, what you expect from this year. <clears throat> yeah, I think um... – I think year two is almost on schedule for Lane Kiffin. Um, certainly, you know, com- for where Ole Miss was as a football program at the end of the 2019 season uh, to being, you know, currently ranked number 12 in the nation, I think that that speaks volumes um, for what this coaching staff has been able to do to try and infuse in talent. Um, I definitely think that Matt Corral has elevated his game Uh I think that the real question will be, and we'll get into it a little bit more, is uh, has he faced a defense that is going to actually make him be patient, that is going to make him read the entire field versus hitting his first or second read? I don't know that Louisville was able to necessarily do that, um, and certainly not Austin P or Tulane. So it's it's really hard to judge. I think that you take 3-0 and any way that you can get it. Um, I, I've been pleased with the offense's uh, production to this point. I, I feel like the running game has been very good with three different running backs that you can kind of pick your poison with uh, between Snoop Connor, uh, Henry Parrish, and Jaron Ely. I think all three of those guys bring something different. You can put them in different positions if you need to. Uh, the one area that almost had to answer questions was, and it continue, we'll have to throughout the rest of the season, is is the defense improved whatsoever? Um, I think the defense is better than 2020. Um, again, we'll see how much that is when we get into games in this SEC. I don't think that 
we necessarily saw a big challenge out of Louisville, Austin P and Tulane. Um, but I think that they're I think that they're more athletic on the defensive side. I feel like they are more confident on the defensive side. Um, and I think that helps. You know, you, you gotta get stops. Last year it was the Ole Miss offense felt pressure to go score every single possession because they weren't gonna get a stop out of the defense. And so you were gonna go have to win games, you know, 49 to 45 if you had any type of shot at it. So um, overall, three games in, uh, I'm pretty impressed at what I've seen. I want to see, obviously, now that we're in the grind of the SEC, there's only one more non-conference game. You've got eight conference games to kind of prove yourself. Um, uh, This season can be special if you wanted to. This season um, can easily end in a New Year's Day Bowl um, or better. I definitely feel like a floor for this team is still about seven wins. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it kind of shakes out. But overall, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed of, uh, about what I've seen out of, uh, out of the offense, defense uh, so far. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the defense does appear to be better. Uh, like you said, they will – this will be the biggest test they, they will have on that. Um, Alabama does have a really good offense, but not as good as some that they've had. Um, so, I mean, we'll get into that more later, but I think I think it shapes up well to um, one to test on this defense, but also I think I think on this will line up better than some think. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I got a bone to pick with uh, Brian Parson and Auburn. <laughs> like, this, this fired in the wide receiver coach. So, and I, I told a few of the guys that I was going to talk about this, and one of them said, why? Like, it was surprising. But, uh, Wes asked me that why and I said because it makes no sense like the only reason it makes sense to me is if you're trying to cut your own butt as a new coach because you already knew from last year you lost Seth Williams and you lost two <laughs> one or two of your other top wide receivers wide receiver is already probably your weakest position uh area of depth on the team. That's one of your weaknesses. But you've got all these issues in the offensive line. You've got quarterback issues. you got I mean, Tank Bakeby didn't even rush for hardly anything last game. So to Georgia State so, now, that's not, that's not to criticize Tank Bakeby. That offensive line doesn't do anything. But I'm just saying, like, you got all those issues and wide receiver coach is the one you fire <laughs> like to yeah. me to me that that just seems like I heard I actually heard this said um, on the Dog Nation podcast um, shout out to uh, BA but um, he, he he was talking about how uh, you doing this just seems like a move that a coach that is not likely to make it in the SEC uh, makes, 
because uh, Pruitt did the same thing in Tennessee with his, I believe it was his defensive coordinator. Uh, uh, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Um, and you know, it, towards the beginning of the season, and that's just a firing assistant before halfway through the season, especially in a an area where that's not your your biggest problem. That's just. <laughs> That just, to me, I, I said from the beginning when Harson got fired, I said he and Josh Heidel won't make it on the SEC. Um, yeah. And I said that Shane Beamer, I think, will. Now, that remains to be seen. But I just don't have the confidence in those two to make it in the SEC. Yeah, Brian Harson is, you know, he, he, he strikes me as somebody who is a pretty level-headed coach in terms of X's and O's. But I agree. I, I just I, I don't see any logic in, you know, unless there's just some dynamic that we aren't seeing. But if we're just taking this at face value, I don't see how you bring somebody in less than one year onto a job and just say, I can't work with this person anymore. Um, this, this person's position crew has made Bo Nix look so bad that we have to get rid of him. Um, you know, it's... I, I, yeah, I just... It, it's a head-scratcher of... You, you might have a lot of complaints, but the other thing is it kind of sends a, a really weird message of, you know, how am I going to be able to recruit the athletes that I want to go to when, you know, hey, this position... This is going to be your position coach for the first three games, and now this is going to be your position coach going forward because now we have this falling out. Or, you know, if now I'm I'm coaching at, you know, I'm coaching at Southern Miss, and Southern Miss has a new head coach this year, and they're not very good, but I know that he likes me. And am I going to go work for Brian Harson at the fear of, hey, if the first, you know, three games or the first four games were – two and two or we're three and one and things aren't going great. I need a scapegoat, so I'm going to fire you. Because I've rooted my whole family and moved to Auburn, Alabama, and now I've got nowhere else to go because they're just going to be mad at me because all these other factors. So. Yeah, and I, I mean, I agree. Like, what, what is that going to do? That can only cause negative effects for the rest of the season. Because you've got nothing. If you hire a new wide receivers coach, then everybody's got to just get used to his way of coaching in the middle of the season. And if you don't, then you just have one less. You probably have someone stepping up from another position, uh, which is more likely what will probably happen for the rest of this season. But, I mean, who are you pulling up? You're pulling a guy that's would either be a combined coach, probably a, a tight ends coach being a wide receiver coach, or a guy that's not an on-the-field coach becoming an on-the-field coach all of a sudden. And it just doesn't – that's not going to work mid-season. You better um, have a really good graduate assistant already lined <laughs> yeah. up. And, hey, hey, by the way, here's the here's the keys to the wide receiver room. You're the, the new coach. Yeah. So it, it just – I don't know. That move makes no sense to me. I, I get that. I get 
firing another coach to save your own butt as the head coach, but not not at this point. <clears throat> three games, uh, you know, three to four games in, I just think that the real question for Harson is, is you know, it's like you said, is that are you going to make it in the SEC? The SEC is an absolute cutthroat league, but there's still standards and practices that you've got to find. Like, look, look, Nick Saban's not going to keep a coach that he doesn't agree with, but there's different ways that you can keep a coach versus encouraging a coach to go somewhere else. Uh, or push somebody else or, you know, whatever whatever terminology you want. Um, Brian Harson is going to have to learn as he goes, just like Josh Heupel is. That the SEC is a different animal uh, than coaching at Central Florida or Boise State. Um, it just – there's a lot of different aspects that go into it. And I just think that he's going to find this out. Uh, right now he's finding it out the hard way, so we'll see how it plays out long term. Well – it's like the old saying goes, it's not all about the X's and O's, it's also about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And if you don't have the guys at wide receiver, it doesn't matter if you've got the, the best guy that's ever coached wide receivers in, you know, in all of history. It, it doesn't matter. you still got to have the players. So Auburn's weak in that area right now. They lost their top players. You're, you can't expect them to be good at that. Everyone knew coming into the season. I mean, every analyst said it. Every everybody was talking about. Oh, we're gonna you know, Auburn's gonna rely heavily on Tank Bigsby, and I'm like, that's great because he's a heck of a back, but it's not gonna work. Like, if that's all you do, ask Georgia. <laughs> if, if all you can do is rely on your run game, people are just gonna stack the box on you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. Georgia fans know that better than anybody. Yeah. So, you can't, you have to be, especially in the SEC, you have to be, you have, you have to have a balanced attack. And that's why Alabama did so well. Um, that's why, you know, LSU had, nobody expected Edwards Elaire to be the top, you know, first round draft pick. But they opened the pass up so much that the run was just there. And mm-hmm. then he became, he got more confidence, he got more reps, and he, and he just worked so hard and became a better back. That's just the way it works. But if you can't, if you can't um, establish both, it's going to be hard, you know. And I think that's something that Georgia seems to be. Ironically, their passing game is better than the running game so far this year. That's what concerns me. Uh, I think they're going to have to get both going if they're going to have a shot to win the national championship. Uh, but I'm not even worried about that right now. Right now I'm just worried about <laughs> week to week because right. uh, while, you know, well, I'm not going to talk about the game yet, but Arkansas is a challenge, and obviously Florida always is the top down party. So, um, I mean, there's always ways we can slip up if we're not careful. Even if teams are supposed to beat. So, Um, so yeah, I mean, that just kind of is what it is. (laughs) But um, you got any other thoughts on uh, things before we uh, jump on into 
to make him previewing some games and stuff? Um, yeah, I, I think I think really the uh, you know we're we're about I guess if you really break it up we're we're a quarter into the season if you're going off twelve games and um, yeah I I've been really impressed with. Uh, with Georgia's coaching. I know it seems, you know, it's like, oh, well, they're the number two team in the nation. How do you go? But <clears throat> to your point, I feel like I, I see a lot of growth out of Kirby um, and his coaching staff this year of, you know, in the years past, it's so easy just to rely heavily on that run and that run and that run, um, which is great. And if you can pound the rock, pound the rock. But this is also a really great time to – Let's work on. Let's get some confidence for our quarterbacks. Let's get some confidence for our wide receivers, our tight ends, and our skill position, and let's build that because we're going to need that down the stretch. We're going to need um, that confidence as we, you know, get towards our goals of reaching Atlanta. We don't need to be trying to build that confidence in the middle of the Florida game or um, <clears throat> the, uh, you know, any, any other major games that they've got for the rest of the year. And so I, I, I am really impressed with what George has been able to do on a coaching standpoint so far this year. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, as far as our defense is concerned, you got three of – you got Dan Lane, who nobody really knew too much about before he came to Georgia, and he's been great. Um, better than I think anybody could have imagined. I think Kirby Smart, he just – knew the guy but then you add the fact that you got Kirby Smart and Muschamp mm-hmm. now working with your defense like that's just three off three <laughs> defensive lines right there but I had high hopes when Munkin came in um, and I know a lot of he got a lot of criticism his first year but I think now with Especially as we're starting to get guys back from injury, uh, like the weapons that we have are, if we utilize them well, I mean, we got, no, I don't know, they may be limited this week, but we got uh, Darnell Washington back. I mean, he's a matchup nightmare. He's just, he's like LeBron's height and weight, you know, he's like 6'7, 280, you know, I mean, that's just, who can, guard that um, and if Gilbert ever comes back that's another weapon that's going to be just a nightmare to stop so I'm not counting on that but um, I think a lot of people when we started Gilbert went out and Darnell got hurt I think a lot of people were thinking yeah hey, George's got nothing but I mean she we got that little kid from uh, Murray County Lad McConkey, <laughs> old white boy getting up, and, you know, just uh, old three star making this, making a show, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, we're. I mean, <laughs> the crazy thing is, the fastest guy we got is, hasn't even been playing lately, which is Arian Smith, the track star, that you know ran the what was it ten. Or 11 second uh, 100 like mm-hmm. blazing fast speed um, I don't even know why but we just haven't seen a bunch of him um, but yeah our offensive scheme seems to be working I still want it to improve 
I do like the coaching aspect of it so far. Uh, I think Munkin's doing a good job. Uh, I don't know. I'm optimistic for the the rest of the season, but like I said, I'm taking it one week at a time. Um, You got to, because unless you're... I mean, really, if you're anybody, but... um, You know, Bama fans have the luxury of assuming a national title more than anybody else for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's the big thing and we touched on at the beginning is that this year really feels like and it's not necessarily just in the SEC. There is a lot of parity in college football this year. And it's 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 really kind of refreshing because, you know, <clears throat> for the last several years you get you know, it's basically, okay, college football playoff, we're going to go ahead and plug in Alabama, we're going to go ahead and plug in at Georgia, we're going to plug in in Oklahoma, we're going to plug in in Oregon, we're going to plug in um, <coughs> Clemson. And you just kind of rotate with that. And so everything else just kind of feels, you know, kind of hum-ho, but now you're kind of seeing a lot more parity. And I think that creates a, a level of excitement for me as just a football fan in general. I, I really enjoy lots of different types of games now um so i I, the sec especially like i said i mean if i think if you would have gathered any arkansas fan at the uh at the beginning of the year and said hey listen uh you're going to be ranked in the top 10 when y'all play georgia i think they would have been they would have passed out um um, you know and the same thing for you know kind of uh where things have played out for Ole Miss and a&m and alabama um, Florida. I, I just, it's, it's, it's kind of refreshing. I think that you, you want your top dogs to do well, obviously, but you, you want them to be challenged throughout the process too. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've enjoyed that too, just because it's like it makes making picks harder. <laughs> you know, and it's like it just, I mean, it, it got to a point where you knew pretty much knew the four teams that were going to make it in maybe one or two that could alternate with those four and get in you know um, but it was pretty much like those teams were like you always had Alabama you always had Clemson you always had Ohio State so it was like who's going to be that fourth is it going to be Notre Dame is it going to be uh, you know who's going to be that for So that was really the only thing that was in question. And it just got old. I mean, even, you know, even Florida trying to get in. What year was that? Was that last year or year before? It was and last they, year. You had, you had A&M and Florida really kind of buying it up there, just right there. And then uh, Florida blew it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, because they lost the thrown shoot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what really ruined their season, and then still won the SEC championship, lost, and lost the ball game. So they ended up before the loss of the game. It's just <coughs> crazy, but yeah, I agree. I think you see a lot more parity. You see a lot more. I think it just makes the game more exciting for fans as a whole. 
And I think, because I mean, I, I honestly can't tell you who's going to make it where this year. No. You know, I mean, this game, this week's going to determine a lot. <laughs> but that's, that, the, the beauty about this week is, is that it determines a lot, but then you got to gear right back up for next week. I mean, that's 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 the grind of not just the SEC, but other conferences as well. I mean, that's that's the thing is that you're going to you're going to have a lot of teams that win this week that are on an emotional high, and then you just got to throw it all in the trash can come Sunday morning, Monday morning meetings, because it's like, hey, uh, there's another uh, top 15 SEC opponent waiting <laughs> on you. Yeah. Uh, uh, something funny, though, we can all agree that the ACC is trash this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 but, I, I, go ahead. No, I, I, I don't, as much as I feel like it's a fun team to watch. I don't think we have to worry about Wake Forest making the college football playoff this year, even though they're the top team in the SEC. That's, that's the funny thing. <laughs> I, somebody, um, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about how there's, the ACC is banking on Wake Forest winning the ACC now and being their team in. The Wake Forest is not going to the playoff. It's I, not First off, ladies and gents, let's get Wake Forest ranked in the top 25 polls. They may be barely 25, and then we'll start talking about moving them up. Um, <laughs> so that 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 got me. I was like, "You gotta be kidding me! If that's your hope, <laughs> your conference is doomed." <laughs> yeah, like, like this was bad because you thought you thought Clemson was going to be it. You thought North Carolina was going to be it. Mm-hmm. You thought Miami was going to be good. All these, you know multiple teams you thought were going to be good this year and none of them are like the best team may be NC State or Wake Forest which is just there's not much to speak of there well yeah and that's the thing is that I mean if if you're going to tout those are your best two I mean NC State has a loss to Mississippi State and Starkville so where does that leave you in your in your grand scheme of things yeah it's it it's a bad year for the for the ACC this year. So, oh man, well let's let's talk about some games here. Um, so we're doing we're starting a new uh, <coughs> we're calling the Matt Hat. Um, so this is a pick we're gonna make each week. It is the upset of the week. The sole rule being that it, the spread of the game must be at least 10 points because there's no point in picking the game an upset, quote-unquote upset, that is a two-and-a-half-point spread. That's not really an upset. That's, yeah. That's, that's just... That's the wind blowing a certain way and a field goal going in versus a <laughs> field goal not going in type of thing. So. Exactly. That, that, that spread <laughs> means that they don't really see much of a... They don't really see a favorite. That's just so they can make a spread. Because no one wants to call it an even spread. Right. Uh, but, uh, so, uh, did you have a, a Mad Hatter for me this week? It can be yeah, anything. I, it doesn't have to be SEC. Oh, yeah, man. I, I actually struggled with this a little bit because there's really three games that I feel like I could I could throw my hat at at any one. Um, you know, one to kind of keep it. I'm going to tease you with two, and then I'll give you my pick. Uh, the first one, uh, I think it's a really good tease, is Oklahoma at Kansas State. 
Oklahoma is favored by 11 and a half points, but Oklahoma does not look like a top four team in the country to me at all. And look, playing in Manhattan, Kansas is not fun. That team is a sound fundamental Kansas State team, and Oklahoma is going to lose. It could be this week. They could win, but that's a team that's not set up for build. I think another fun one to watch if anyone's just bored and looking at stuff, keep an eye on Indiana and Penn State. I know Penn State obviously looks the part after the Auburn game, but kind of had a little bit of a hangover. Indiana has had one bad game, and that's it. They went toe-to-toe with Cincinnati. That's a 12-and-a-half-point spread for Penn State, but it's in Happy Valley. I still couldn't quite pick that. My Mad Hatter pick of the week, speaking of our favorite conference right now, I'm going to pick Boston College over Clemson because that is a 14-and-a-half-point spread, and you cannot convince me that Clemson is two touchdowns better than Boston College is right now. So are you picking Boston College outright? No, I think Boston College for sure covers that game. I cannot see Clemson blowing them out. Clemson's offense is so stagnant right now. They are averaging 22 points a game. Boston College is averaging 41 points a game. Yes, I know the competition is a little bit different, but even breaking down their – I mean, Clemson played South Carolina State and had that to add to their resume in four games, and they're still only averaging 169 yards passing and 126 yards rushing. This is not a well-oiled machine on offense. I think Clemson wins, but I don't see them winning by two touchdowns. I just – I can't – you can't convince me that Clemson is going to run away with this game. After watching what Boston College can do, they're a serviceable team. They're 4-0. Well, I've got – so I'll say – I'll leave JVs until later. But Wes and Johnny Mack say that they had the same game, but I think they have Boston College winning outright from what I understood. So that covers their bad hatter for the week. And I will get to JVs as we make the picks, but I don't think anybody's going to be surprised by his. Maybe they will. But let's make some picks real quick. Tennessee plays at Missouri. Missouri is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, which basically is an even line since it's Missouri at home. Who you got in this one? I've got Tennessee covering and winning that game outright. I have no rhyme or reason behind that other than this is literally taking a coin and flipping it. I can argue that Missouri should win. It's at home. It's in Columbia. I like what I saw out of Tennessee a little bit more. And Missouri's just so struggling right now to stop the run, and I feel like that's one of the things that Tennessee is actually pretty well at this year. And so I think it's a slugfest. The over-under on this game is 63.5 points. 
I, 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 I think that I'm definitely going to go on the under on that, but yeah, I got Tennessee covering that. I didn't even look at that, but I definitely take it. There's no yeah. way it's going to be much point. Let me point it to you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take Missouri, and uh, I'll, I'll hang the two and a half. I mean, that's nothing. Uh, but I, I, I don't, despite what we saw in the last week against Florida, I, I just. I still don't think they've done much. I think I think all that was is Florida just came out slow. Um, Florida was overlooking Tennessee. And, uh, I mean, I think Florida still has some issues with... Emory Jones is starting to figure some things out, but I still think they've got some issues in that area. Um, and uh, so I, I'll take Missouri in that. Um... Let's see. And let's forget. Johnny Mack picked Missouri to win that game. He didn't give me any spreads. And let's see. Wes uh, took Missouri to win and cover. And JB did as well. Uh, All right. We got Troy in South Carolina. It's gone down for whatever reason. It was at seven and kind of held there for a couple of days, but I'm like, really? There's money coming in on Troy. Okay. That's that's surprising. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> what do you think? Um, I, I, I've got South Carolina covering and winning. Um, obviously, I, 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 I watched a little bit of Troy last week, and I watched them lose to a Louisiana Monroe team with a backup quarterback and uh, look South Carolina look I don't think anyone's going to confuse South Carolina as a superiorly talented team but you can say if nothing else they are playing hard for Shane Beamer and look you got to take your wins where you can get them if you're shooting at the non-conference where they're at right now where they've got two non-conference wins this is another one you can pick up the three and you start looking at the schedule saying, hey, we just got to get three more and we can get to a bowl game. That's such a building block, um, especially for a first-year coach. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I've got South Carolina in that one. And Comfort. Okay. Yeah, I will take Carolina to win. And, I, I mean, I think they win by at least two touchdowns. I, if, if they still had the grad assistant playing quarterback, then probably not. <laughs> but Luke Doty is talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made some plays on Georgia that were, you know, I mean, granted, only threw one touchdown against Georgia, but still, I mean, that's more touchdowns than anyone else has thrown against us. Right. Uh, that's the only offensive touchdown that anyone's thrown on us this year. So, credit where it's due. Um, and then, yeah, so I think they win by at least two touchdowns. Um JB says South Carolina wins and covers. Johnny Mack picks South Carolina. And for some odd reason, West picks Troy outright. So, <coughs> sticking with his uh, Alabama team there. He said he going to keep it in the in state. But I told him that was, I told him bold move, Cotton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I think we can pretty much skip the UConn and Vanderbilt game because we all know that 
Vanderbilt's going to win that game. Just, I mean, do you think they cover the 14 and a half? No, no. Really? I don't think. I, I don't think that. I, I don't think they cover the 14 and a half. And I don't know who in their right mind watched these two teams play, but they set the over-under on this game at 51 and a half points. And what, I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's 20, 24 to 26, I guess, maybe, but I don't know. I, I, I see, I, I had, I had visions of a, uh, what year was it? I have visions of a 2008 Auburn Mississippi State three to two ball game type thing. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think they cover either. Uh, I just don't think it's going to be. A, this is going to be a horrible game. Yeah. Just, a, just awful. Like, that's all I can say about it. Like there's nothing else to say. I feel like a lot of people should do themselves a favor and go, if you were in the Nashville area, go watch a good high school team tonight, and that will be better football than what you will witness at the stadium in, in, on campus yes. tomorrow. Yes, yes. Johnny Mack picked Vandy. Like I said, he didn't give me any spreads. Uh, <laughs> Wes picked Vandy to win and cover, and JV picked Vandy to win but not cover. <laughs> um, okay, this one's kind of interesting to me. Um, Mississippi State and A&M. A&M is favored by seven, which I'm honestly surprised that they're only favored by seven, even though I think it's going to be a close game. Um, and let's see. J, uh, JB has A&M waiting and covering. Uh, same for Wes and and Johnny Mac as well. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that I was really tempted to pick Mississippi State on this one. Like it, this was not the easiest to pick. I think I went with A&M in the pick'em, and so that's what I'm gonna say. I say they covered the seven, but barely. I mean, yeah. they're struggling on offense. They they've struggled to be to score ten on Colorado. So yeah, and everybody's been blowing out Colorado ever since that game. Um, my biggest worry is is that th- this is actually a really good matchup for Mississippi State. Mississippi State does a very good job defensively of attacking the run. Uh, they are a run blitz based defense, and that's what A and M can do. Um, that's really until their freshman quarterback proves otherwise. That's that's Spiller, and, and look, Spiller's probably one of the best backs in the league, if not the nation. But like like we've talked about before, you can't just run the football and be successful. Um, the, I, I I was with you. I wanna I wanted to throw at Mississippi State, but Mike Leach infuriates me in his play calling so much. <clears throat> I have watched the Memphis game. And I watched uh, last week's game against LSU, and there's nothing against State. It was all about the play calling. So I've got A&M winning, but I don't have them covering. I, I see this as a uh, as kind of a three-point, four-point win. I just I, I feel like it's a slugfest, and uh, and even if A&M does get out early, Mississippi State is notorious for having those three-point, four-point losses at the end of the game. So, so you're taking 
I've got A and M winning the game, but I do not have them covering. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. All right. Let's this one's. This one's going to be a good game, I think. Uh, Florida travels to Kentucky and plays at Kroger Field. The game is at 6 p.m. Florida is they moved it. It was 8, now it's 7.5 point favor. Um, and I think this game is interesting because it's at Kroger Field at night. Uh, something that typically favors Kentucky well. Um, particularly when Georgia goes to play the night there, but in general they play pretty well at night at home. Uh, Johnny Mack has Florida winning, and Wes and JB both have, uh, or Wes has Florida winning and covering. JB says Florida wins but does not cover. Um, I'm, well, I'll let you make it quick. <laughs> I, <clears throat> I, I've watched the first game that Kentucky played this year, and I thought, wow, they really opened up the offense. This is going to be a different animal. <laughs> and then they kind of just – you hate to kind of analogy, use this awful analogy, but it's kind of like a cat just playing with a toy. They, they haven't dominated anyone since then, and I don't know if it's just because they're so focused in on this one game, like, well, we're all in on Florida. We're all in on Florida, and we're just going to see something different. Um but I, I can't remember the exact stat, but I don't think that Kentucky has beaten Florida at home since the 1970s. Um, so it's it's hard for me to do. I, I've got I've got Kentucky covering the seven and a half points, but I do still have Florida winning that game. Um, wasn't it two years ago at Kentucky they won? Well, they won in the swamp. Uh, Dan oh, Mullen's first okay. year. Yeah, that was in the swamp when the uh, okay. when they went down there and won. I got you. Well, I'm actually going to make this surprise pick here. I'm going to go with Kentucky. Um, I know the sensible pick says Florida, um, but this one was tough because I honestly don't know what to expect from Florida. Um, I'm going to go with the fact that it's at Kentucky, um, and I know another statistic there, but until they won that last one, they hadn't won in 30 years. Paul Moore on the road. So to me, that's kind of relevant. Um, And I think think that Kentucky has a considerable amount of talent um, I have not missed words on how I feel about Stoops. I think he's an underrated coach. Uh, I think Dan Mullen is an overrated coach. But um, Kentucky's also, I think, getting the six players back that were in trouble for whatever that was. I think they're going to be back for this game. I think they do it. I think they pulled out. I was going to pick Florida initially. I actually did pick them. I changed my pick uh, today, actually. Um, and I'm going to go to Kentucky outright on this one. I just think, I don't know. Part of me thinks I'm going to regret that pick, but <laughs> heck, we're going with it. <laughs> um, you got to let it ride at some point. There we go. Um, okay, this one is interesting to me just because 
I feel like a lot of people are going to go differently on this one than I am. But um, Auburn plays LSU um, in Baton Rouge. This game is at 9 p.m. I don't know why. But anyway, um, somehow they got the night game and George Arkansas is at noon. But anyway, LSU is favored by three points at home. Who you got in this one? Um, I've got I, I've got LSU uh, winning and, and and covering. I mean, three points is is nothing. It's it, it's in Tiger Stadium at night. I think that Auburn is still trying to figure out some things. I know that uh, Bo Nix has been said that he's going to start. You got to wonder what that leash looks like. Do you have the locker room? Do you? You have people in the locker room that are – some people are pulling for Bo Nix and then some people are pulling for T.J. Finley, who, oh, by the way, played at LSU last year, and so there's this new dynamic. You've got, it obviously, issues with the coaching staff. Um, <clears throat> I actually liked what I saw at LSU and Max Johnson last week in, uh, in Starkville. I thought that uh, – I thought they played sound. I don't think that they're dynamic, but I think they're pretty sound, and – uh, give me a, give me the home team and when there's kind of that close. So I've got LSU. Uh, Johnny Mack has picked LSU and uh, JP picked LSU to win and cover. West picked Auburn. All right. So that's. I don't agree with that. I'm going to go with LSU as well. I think they cover the three. I, I have said all year, I don't think Auburn's good. I, I still think they're the worst team in the West. I think that Mississippi State is better than them. I think, I think LSU is not very good this year, but Max Johnson is. <laughs> um, I think that really it comes down to the fact that I think Ed O is just as, as funny as he is and as hard as he is not to like he's just not gonna, he's not a great coach you know the, the championship he won was with his assistants that made his players great and the talent that he had and I don't I think you're gonna see LSU not be up at the top for a while, but I also think that they're good enough to win this game. Probably on more than three points, but um, they at least cover. Yeah. Um, and Max Johnson has been very proficient this year. Mm-hmm. Um, in ways I didn't even realize. Um. So yeah, I got I got LSU in this one. Um. All right, let's go to Georgia and Arkansas before we picked the Ole Miss-Alabama game. Um, Georgia's favored by 16 and a half, so it actually went up. Uh, it was, I think, four, no, no, it went down. It was 18 and a half. So it, was, yeah. it swung Arkansas's way just a little bit. Um, Georgia at home was 16 and a half. What, what do you think about this one? So, it... it- Anytime you see an SEC game, I mean, unless it's anybody playing Vanderbilt this year, anything that's over two touchdowns is a little scary. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I feel like this is a this is a really great litmus test for this Georgia offense. Um, I think that the first game of the year they got tested against Clemson's defense. I think this is 
arguably as good of a defense as what Clemson has been in the past. I think that um, it will create some problems. My number one concern for this game is what is the health of KJ Jefferson and um, uh, uh, it's Burks, the wide receiver that they have. Uh, both of those guys really banged up at the end of that A&M game. Um, and so with that, I'm actually going to not only go with the Georgia win, I've got them covering the 16 and a half points. I just think that it's, I think that this is a good game for two and a half quarters, maybe three. And uh, then I think in the fourth quarter, I think you're going to kind of see a little bit of a, of a pull away. I mean, I don't think it's anything like a, a bloodbath, but I could easily see a 34-17 type ball game. Yeah. Um, well, actually, in this <laughs> he didn't say this officially, but JB picked Arkansas to win. And so by default, I made that his bad out of pick. Because he said, I said, well, there's no doubt who you're, what your pick is. Um, so he, JV's got them win outright. Um, Wes has Georgia winning and covering. And Johnny Mack has UGA winning. He said he doesn't have spreads for me. <laughs> I went back and forth on this one. Um, I'm, I'm picking Georgia win, but mm-hmm. whether to cover or not, I went back and forth. I actually am going to say that they do cover, especially now that it's at 16 and a half, instead of 18. Um, I, I think early on it's pretty close. I think that Georgia finds a way in the second half to kind of open up the offense a little bit more, figures out Barry Adams' defense a little bit. Um, and I'll say they, they cover the 16 and a half. But yeah, I, don't, I agree. I don't think it's a blowout by any means. I mean, 16 and a half is not that big of a victory. No. Uh, I mean, I can see it being like 17, you know, two touchdowns of the field goal or something like that. The, the, the pressure is going to be on Arkansas to score. Um, you know, Arkansas is very meticulous in how like, they run uh, to set up the long pass. And I mean, but if you think about it, you go back and you look at that 8 a.m. game, uh, seven, they got uh, 17 first quarter points, and then A&M kind of stopped it. Um, I don't think that uh, and, and, and A&M couldn't do anything to counter that. So I think Georgia is more proficient on offense than A&M is. I feel like Georgia's definitely more proficient than A&M's defense is, and A&M's defense is no slouch. Um, I just I, I think points are at a premium for Arkansas this this <clears throat> in this game. Well, yeah, and when you look at it, I mean, Georgia not only has one of the best defenses in the country, but the run defense is insane. And that is where Arkansas is the most proficient is running. Now, they do have a very, very good wide receiver, (laughs) but... A lot, of, a lot of K.J. Jefferson's game is running, and I think that it's going to be very hard for him to do that, and it's going to force him to pass. And I think he'll have some success, certainly more than Vanderbilt did against us, but, um, 
but I don't think it's enough to score that many points. Um, I can see the game being like, a, I don't know, a 28 to 10 or something, or 31 to 10, somewhere, in, or I guess that wouldn't quite be covered, but because um, that would be, well, no, it would be, it'd be 21, so yeah, that'd be covered. Um, 31 would be. So I could see that or something like that um, being the score. But, um, all right, here we go. Ole Miss goes to Tuscaloosa. Alabama is a 14.5-point favorite. Um, before we go and talk about this one, um, Let's give these guys picks. JB says that Bama wins and covers. Um, same thing for Wes. And Johnny Mack also picked Bama. Um, give me your thoughts and your pick on this. Um, <clears throat> you know, this is probably one of the more, when you think about, uh, you know, score lines from the SEC in the years. Um, <laughs> we talked about some of the over-unders that you've got. The second highest over-under uh, this uh, this week was the 63.5 points between Tennessee and Missouri. The over-under for the Bama Ole Miss game is 79.5 points. That is an insane amount of points. Um, I actually don't think that this is as high-scoring of a game as what last year was. I feel like uh, both teams will uh, have a little bit up and down. I, I do think that Ole Miss can challenge Alabama and can give them a better game than what they've had to this point. I'm not saying that this would be the best defense that they face, but I feel like it's a good matchup. Um, I don't. <clears throat> I don't see this as a. 14 and a half point game when it's all said and done. I really feel that this is a game that is going down to the last five minutes and kind of whoever has the ball last is going to win. So I have Ole Miss covering. Um, I've got them winning, but in no way do I have it, you know, anything insane. I don't have red and blue glasses on. Um, it to that degree. I think this is a really good back-and-forth game, and I've got a final score of a 41-38. to 38. Okay. Well, I'm going to surprise everybody and not so fast every single one of you because this is my Matt Hatter pick. I'm actually going with the Rebels to upset Bama. Um, I initially picked Bama, and... I actually thought they might even cover, but the more I think about it, I think that Ole Miss has come, been coming closer and closer to upsetting Alabama, and I think that like the the score has been getting closer. And as much as I hate for Kirby not to be the first saving assistant to beat him, um, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Rebels to win this because. I think it's going to be really tough, but man, Matt Corral is just killing it right now. 
And I think Ole Miss's offense will outplay Alabama's. It's the question comes down to can Ole Miss's defense play with Alabama's defense? Uh, that's the that's the main question. That's the only real question that I have. Uh, but I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna pick them anyway. So, uh, but uh, that's it, man. That's that's all I got for tonight. Um, do you got any final thoughts? <coughs> yeah, I think I think tomorrow. I mean, it, it's it's one of those days that you wake up in the SEC and you're just like, I mean, it, I hate the fact that you got such a great marquee matchup of Arkansas and Georgia early, but if you think about it, from start of the day to the end of the day, you have got really, really great SEC football on all day long. I mean, to be able to go from Arkansas, Georgia, to Ole Miss and Alabama, and then you're going to finish up your nightcap with either Mississippi State and Texas A&M or Florida and Kentucky. Or, and then finally, your really late nightcap, you got LSU-Auburn. Yeah, it's just a really great day overall. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. And uh, um, <clears throat> I will say this, that um, if – I'll, I'll throw one bonus pick for there is that if Ole Miss does win the game, it's going to be because Matt Corral. And then you can slam dunk him for the Heisman because the last three SEC West quarterbacks to go in and beat Alabama at Alabama all won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that would lock him up. Or at least yeah. get him. Like, he, he better be the obvious front runner at least. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't. I, and I know Heisman stuff that four weeks in is silly, but it's never too early to have a Heisman moment. If you're going to do it, do it on the national stage and do it in Tuscaloosa. That's what Johnny Manziel did. It's what Joe Burrow did. It's what um, I, uh, I can't remember. I don't think it was Tebow. I, I'm, I'm forgetting who else has won the Heisman. It's had a moment like that in there. But um, yeah, I. I you know, as an Ole Miss fan, I think it's everything you can ask for. And like we talked about last week, you know, you got Arkansas and Georgia. I don't, I haven't looked at the schedule about who Georgia's got, but you know, Ole Miss and Arkansas. <clears throat> no matter what happens tomorrow, uh, they get to see each other next weekend. So you know, dust yourself off and, and get ready for round two, whether you win, lose, or whatever. So yeah, we have <laughs> next weekend is our, uh, Auburn. That's pretty much done. Tennessee and Missouri and uh, Georgia Tech. Yeah. Georgia Tech, good grief. Like, are playing pretty well today, so, you know, in the ACC, so we'll see. But any final yeah. thoughts? No, should be a fun day tomorrow, and, and, and hopefully uh, hopefully I'm in a better uh, – hopefully I'm in a good mood. I, I don't uh, – I don't see – I told myself I, if, if Ole Miss lost – I would be disappointed. I wouldn't be mad. Now, at the end of the night, if, if I look up and I see like a 45 to 10 Alabama win, I'm going to be absolutely livid. <laughs> I don't see that happening. So. Yeah, I don't mean that. But, uh, well, it's been fun. Uh, I'll even say it's been real fun. <laughs> but uh, just remember, brothers, to let your light shine.
to your Father in heaven, and we'll see you in the tavern.